millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Here's a Crazy Story from The Overtake, a podcast where we tell crazy true stories. I'm Robin. I'm Rick. I'm Abby. Uh, do we have any corrections from last week's episode? No. Don't think so. No. Great. Brilliant. That means we were perfect. If we didn't we personally you. notice anything yes. that we said last yeah. week. Hopefully someone will send us a message saying you got it completely wrong. Yeah. Russia was destroyed during <laughs> yeah, 1983. Yeah. yeah, it was a real war. Um... Great. Well, then, time for stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It feels when when we don't do that much banter at the start, it feels it doesn't feel right, does it? it Very like far play. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. takes quite a lot. Of, yeah, because yeah. don't look me in the eye. Put the money on the dresser. <laughs> 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 Hang on. Put the money on this. Oh wait, I'm the prostitute in that <laughs> example. <Yeah. laughs> you can. You can't. You don't have to be rich. You can no, be whatever that's you that's want. That's fine. It's. Um, it's a living, <laughs> like, like a dinosaur would say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah from the Flintstones. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is okay. That, that could be enough introduction. That's, that's enough introduction. Yeah, tell me it's the tone joy. of your stories. Um, mine is a Hollywood one, like Ooh. a Hollywood trivia one. Is it okay. modern? Ho- no. It's quite that's, modern. That's more of a setting than a, than yeah. a mood. Yeah. The mood is just like, whoa. Okay. <laughs> whoa. Okay. <laughs> okay. Mine is... Um, sad, mm-hmm. but not. But the the main story isn't what's sad. The the way you tell it is. <laughs> 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 no, I'll try and tell it in an uplifting way. Oh no, it's not really oh, uplifting. I've but. got <laughs> people die. <laughs> yeah. The the listeners might not know this, but sometimes we struggle to come up with titles for the show afterwards. And usually we try to find something that we've said that we thought was funny. Yeah, because I think a people while. will notice. Like they'll see severed dick energy. And, and then they'll be like, oh, huh? they and said then, that. Yeah, um, So I come different. up with two things I thought were funny sounding that I can say that we can reasonably say. Right. This they make the works. No, it's not. Ruining it. Stage. Like yeah. it. Queefer Sutherland. <laughs> that is funny though. <laughs> that doesn't appear in the story, but I've said it, so okay. we can reasonably oh, we can, use that's that. That's what we can call this it. This one does will appear in the story. Bruce Willis pulled out. Yeah, <laughs> Once I say it, you'll go, oh, that's perfectly. Why do you just wait until this you is such it? a weird thing to have done? <laughs> well, I just thought I'm making up now, so we don't forget at the end. But one of them isn't even in your story. We can't just say things. Yeah, no, like but we can say Well, we've said it yeah. <laughs> twice already. <laughs> yeah. If anything, um, the title now should be "You can't just say Queefer Sutherland." You can't just say <laughs> <laughs> a man can't just say Queefer Sutherland. <laughs> If this is the first time anyone's listening to this, they'll be really confused about Mm -hmm. what this whole podcast is. Sorry about that. Sorry. Do you have a title for your not Um, sad story? mm. Ah, fuck. 
No. No. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll do my title while you desperately think of something, mm, which would just be the first line of the article, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is the rise and fall of the rise and fall of a Hollywood director. Oh, that's quite good. Mm. Okay. Um, it does make sense. I had to do that and count on my fingers like, doesn't make rise and fall of what? Okay. I think okay. it makes sense. Well, when we hear the story, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll be the judge, Have I guess. Have you thought of one? Uh, the... Uh, the bad so no. doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by it. Um, okay, do. well, you're going first, obviously, anyway, but like a homework for next time. Just be less depressing. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you were going to say. Be <laughs> less no, depressing. I'm like defending myself all the way through, and I didn't even know what the criticism was going to be. The title um, thing is. No, fine, this is really. This is interesting, and the depressing things that happen aren't, aren't the focus of the story, but okay. they are a part of the story. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go then. Okay, so, um, so actually, one of the things that I wanted to happen for this was for Jada to have a microphone, mm-hmm. because my main guy's Italian, and I wanted the listeners to hear how it should be. You're <laughs> just gonna have Jada do all these dialogues. So what's gonna happen is Jada is gonna say how to pronounce the guy's name, and I'm gonna attempt to pronounce it into the microphone. So the listeners can know how it should be pronounced. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, what what will actually happen is I'll I'll say actually, it wrong. Yeah, then yeah. yeah. So that seems right. What? Sure. How would you say this? That guy's name. Paolo Maccherini. Paolo Maccherini. It's just why do I put that weird <laughs> Italian <laughs> lilt onto everything? <laughs> My hand like gesturing like an Italian. Um, Can you say a one and a two and then say that guy's name, please? <laughs> no, because you're going to make fun of me. No, I won't. Just say a one and two and then say his name. Why? <laughs> <laughs> For a skit. Why are so you scared? scared? I'm scared. Because well, I wanted you to say a one and a two and a Paolo Macarini. <laughs> oh, because it's like Macarena. Yeah. yeah. Never well, mind. That's... Well, that's why it was better that you said it, yeah. I think. I've never then, seen anyone as Were you planning to go, eh, Margarita? How do I say it? Um, oh, my God. That is weird. Right. Right, what's this oh, story God. about? Uh, okay, he was a doctor. Right. Paolo Macarini. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to the Italian people. Um, it's like, I thought I knew, but I... I didn't know, did I? Anyway. Okay, so he was, people considered him like a world-leading surgeon. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was in the early 2010s. What do you call that? The teenies. The teenies. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Never say that again. It's the 2010s. It's the 2010s. I'm not going to say 2010s every time. Mm, You are unless you want me to get up and leave. (laughs) (laughs) It's not as bad as not. No, naughties is acceptable again now, isn't it? Yeah, teenies is worse. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yeah. Mm. What did they call it in the nineteen teenies? Teenies. The nineteen teenies. Yeah, the nineteenies. The nineteenies. <laughs> that must have been what it was. Uh, okay, so yeah, so he's this. He's this like what people considered like a uh, incredible doctor. Um, he was a surgeon. He was Italian. Um, what so we're just rehashing mm-hmm. bits of the story and i love it well it, just to recap because we've gone off on one too yes. many times mm-hmm. um so the point was he'd created these like plastic tracheas um um so like instead of like let's say you've got like trachea problems yeah mm-hmm. what's that windpipe cancer like, yeah it's like your windpipe yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, like your throat or hole. like some yeah some yeah. kind of your neck problem. tube your neck some problem with your neck tube <laughs> <laughs> um god of the sea neck tube <laughs> <laughs> i'll never think of that ever in the same way um so let's say you've got some kind of problem and i don't know yeah cancer or whatever mm-hmm. um and it needs to be removed most of the time you're waiting for a donor and they don't come around that often and it's difficult surgery and you're not guaranteed for it to work and you know like your body could reject it and you die mm-hmm. um or um yeah it, like yeah and they just don't come around that often like a good match because uh, it's not something you can just take out of a living person mm-hmm. um so he this guy Mac- macchiarini Sorry, Jada. I heard him <laughs> close enough in it as best I can do, unfortunately. He'd um, invented um, a plastic one. So, like, with some, like, hip joints and stuff like that now, you can have plastic instead of uh, metal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the idea was, like, instead of getting a transplant, this would just, like, revolutionise this type of surgery. He worked at the Karolinska Institute in Sweden, um, and the professors there are the ones who decide the Nobel Prize in Medicine. Um, mm. So it's like a very prestigious Bit of a fix, place. isn't it? Well. Giving it to the mate who works there. Well, you, wait, we, well, you don't know whether you won a Nobel Prize yet. Okay. It okay. seemed weird that you would mention it, as, uh, but you never... No, that well, was maybe me was saying how over. prestigious oh, okay, this institute yeah. is. No, that um, does make sense. Like they're top of the game, these people. So Did he win a Nobel Prize? Uh, can't remember. I don't think he did. Ah, fair enough. Ah. In fact, he didn't. I can do oh, okay, sure. cool. Because I can remember. That, okay, wow. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I thought that, that was, was a, such hot, a hot twist here. Yeah, no, it was, uh, I, was, I just remembered, okay. basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened cool. in between those two things. <laughs> um, so, uh, this, the dude arrives in Stockholm in 2010. Uh, people are already like, you know, he, he's good at growing tissue um, in a lab. He's good at growing organs for people and, and stuff, uh, implanting them in people. So he's invented this... Um, uh, trachea plastic mm-hmm. trachea um he's quite like good he's a good like charming person um he's like not bad well he this article that i read said he was good looking he's not good looking but he's like not bad looking he's not ugly definitely no. not sorry my um, tummy keeps growling in a really loud way and i really think the microphone i, can't hear it, I don't so think I the microphone can hear it but i feel very very Maybe the listeners are like oh my stomach's i was wondering that. what the first journey you were going on because I, I, I felt like all you could hear it and then i felt oh, like no, i was being judged but no, nothing had happened right. until i'd pointed out myself <laughs> um so yeah so he was he was fluent in several languages like everyone was just like this dude is a genius mm-hmm. um what yeah. happened though was um people like started to kind of join the bandwagon to like saying that he was amazing um this this field of medicine regenerative medicine um is like you know cutting edge and people and there aren't that many people doing it mm-hmm. well um, and successfully so everyone was just like when he was saying oh i've got these plastic tracheas everyone was like yes boom that sounds great um, and yeah. so the science behind it was that it it's a plastic kind of skeleton kind of um and you could put stem cells in it and grow human tissue that's pretty amazing yeah mm. so that when it goes in your throat it bonds to your body mm-hmm. um and you don't and it's so it's not really a transplant and it it's like as if it was your you own tricky it, yeah. Time. yeah exactly um so, um, the first guy to get one of these tracheas um, was a guy called 
Ander Mariam Bayen, um, who was 36 and a graduate student. Um, he's from Eritrea originally, but he lived in Iceland at the time. Um, so he ha- he'd had like a rare form of cancer and had unsuccessful treatment. Um, and his Icelandic doctors referred him to the Swedish hospital mm-hmm. where was his face worked, Macchiarini. Um, so he was like, basically he was, so Macchiarini was like, oh, um, this is like the like most cutting this edge. This is the tits man. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah. this is the absolute tits my friend exactly that's pronto yeah. let's go <laughs> pronto. he was on the phone on when the he phone. said yeah. it yeah. <laughs> he said this is the tits and then said hello <laughs> sorry i was talking to I my friend yeah. <laughs> um, just so impressed with the telephone yeah. he's like whoa this, this is, is the, the tits, tits. <laughs> hello. um yeah so but basically you were saying like dude you're gonna die anyway mm-hmm. you might as well have this surgery um so this guy was like fuck like fine i'll mm-hmm. have it um and he seemed quite willing so uh they made the they made the scaffold for the trachea in london um and then seeded it with his stem cells like grew grew it basically from his bone marrow put it in this thing called a bioreactor um which like rotated it in this special solution that that encouraged cell growth mm-hmm. um so the point was that obviously they turn into tr- tracheal cells um and then um they're safely implanted into his throat and everything's good um uh yeah so uh a month after the operation reporters like turned up to talk to uh bean um and he was like, the guy was like, oh, I was, I was you know, really scared, mm-hmm. uh, but it was live or die. And I had to have the surgery and it's, everything kind of seems fine. Um, and Macchiarini wrote in The Lancet, which is a prestigious medical, medical journal, journal. Yeah, that uh, basically he, his trachea was like normal um, and it was free from infection and growing new tissue. And basically he was almost back to how he, how he was before mm-hmm. he even got cancer. Um, Shouting at dinner yeah, parties. Yeah, is that a story? Exactly. Just screaming. Yeah. That's how he got the yeah, like, oh, no. <laughs> What have we done? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no. Um, but, so everyone was like, oh my God, this surgery is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, it's changed this guy's life. And Let's all get it done. Yeah. 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 Basically. Even so, if you're fine. Yeah. Even if you're fine. These, Whip, these trachea's are track better. out. Yeah. Get, yeah. That, get yeah. that one in. Um, uh Yeah. So. Um, but so basically what happened was everyone was like this is this is great mm-hmm. and started doing more and more of the surgery so two more got implanted almost straight away uh, a young british woman who was in a serious condition um at university college london um second one uh, so that wasn't fitted by macchiarini but it was his technique mm-hmm. um and the second one was um he fitted himself in an american man uh, a 30 year old american man but um, those two patients only survived for two months uh, oh. or a few months. Um, so they don't know they don't know what caused the American man's death because they never did an autopsy. But basically, the British woman's synthetic trachea like didn't work at all, mm-hmm. um, and that's basically what caused her death. Um, so the guy, one of the surgeons, said that uh, what happened was the it didn't join in join on to the rest of the tissue, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like rejected. It just like uh, there was like a Didn't almost attach, a gap emerged yeah. between where it should have all been joined together um so what did he say quote at, at those junctions it always seems to be loose and healing tissue can become an obstruction to breathing end quote um yeah 
Um, so yeah, so it didn't really. It basically just didn't seem to work on her. Um, what happened was um, they did. So they did it again because um, it had seemed, seemed it worked on the first guy. Mm-hmm. The second two, the American, we don't know what he died of, but and the British woman, it was because the surgery didn't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they but they did it again. Uh, the guy died again. Two months later, he died. Over the next three months, Macarini Im- implanted six more, um, and four of them, four of those people died. Shit. Yeah. So obviously, these were seriously ill people. Mm-hmm. We don't know for definite whether they were all linked to the surgery. Um, and um, yeah, so Kar- Karolinska University Hospital was like, mm, "Let's put pause on this situation because it's not. It's we're not one hundred percent sure this is working." Uh, but he, the dude was like, fuck it, I'm going to Russia and I'm going to keep doing it. So he did. Wow. Um, yeah. So, uh, but everyone was still raving about this first guy that had the surgery and mm-hmm. everyone was saying like, it, you know, it was, it was positive. Sorry, this is a long story, by the way, but I, I think it's worth it. Oh, okay. Um, mine's a long story too. Oh, this is going to be a long episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So this Macarini... Uh, Years later, three at least three years later, was saying he had an almost normal airway, um, and like you know, to anyone who mm-hmm. who asked him about it, um, but uh, he said it to a journalist, and the journalist wrote it um, in an article. And by the time the article was published, um, the 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 guy died, the first guy. Oh shit! Um, it actually turned out he had repeated infections. Um, his the trait the trachea implant needed to be held in place by like l- loads of stents Ooh. um and basically what kind of killed him in the end was that the synthetic trachea had come loose um so i don't know how easy like how what the actual thing was but i'm guessing mm-hmm. he just like suffocated maybe or something um so like at the karolinska institute they're like yeah the none of this works um, and there were four doctors there specifically that were like some someone needs to really stop this guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and um yeah so they reported it to the university at the time um oh so what actually was the real issue was that they reckoned um he'd been mis- misrepresenting the success to the patients so the first guy that he did the operation on he made it sound like it was a dead cert that it was all gonna be fine yeah. and actually it was the first time the operation had ever been oh, done and there's no bastard. proof that it was gonna be fine i'm yeah. glad he didn't get the nobel prize exactly <laughs> um so and so this is what the this is, so this is what people are alleging anyway mm-hmm. the other doctors are alleging um they were at the university they were like let's 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 bring a guy in to just go through everything and mm-hmm. check whether that's the case and this guy that came in was like yeah uh basically the whistleblowers are right and this guy is guilty of scientific misconduct but the university was like mm, nah so they got brought a guy in to like investigate the guy said yeah he's this guy's fucked up well, the university's like mm, nah we don't agree so that was a bit weird um <laughs> but basically they claimed that they had other evidence that showed that it was he was actually fine this entire time what what actually brought him down was um he'd done a interview with a guy called bossa Lind- lindquist um, for SVT, which is the Swedish Swedish BBC, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and Swedic or something. Swedic. Swedic. That is actually what people do there. Yeah. 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 They love. They love Swedish. <laughs> 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 
Um, uh, yeah. So what happened was this guy went through like loads of old footage because there was loads because he this guy like loved journalists and he loved talking to journalists. He loved talking about all the stuff that he'd done. Um, he loved letting journalists in on the surgeries mm-hmm. and um, going through all the tests and stuff. Um, so there's actually just so much footage. So much condemning evidence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So there's like um, one bit of footage where um, Bayen, the original, the first patient, had had a bronchoscopy, so like a camera down into going on down in, into his lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, yeah. The guy, the guy's basically saying, "Oh yeah, look, he's got an almost normal airway," um, and obviously the journalists don't really know what a normal airway looks like, no. so it kind of yeah. went under the radar. But actually, when somebody who knows what they're doing looks at it, they could see that like there'd been quite a big buildup of scar tissue, which meant that like air wasn't really getting into the the right lung properly. Um, it, he also had a fistula, which was a hot, which is a hole into the rest of the body. Um, at the end of the trachea so like it clearly wasn't working when you mm. look at this footage um, so um, yeah so what happened was um, they the police uh, Swedish eventually the Swedish police looked into it they did this whole uh, investigation um, into whether he co- committed manslaughter because mm-hmm. that's what it was um, and they dropped all criminal cases in the end after they did an investigation because I don't think you could prove prove that he had killed, like... You'd done it intentionally, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or maybe not... I don't know what the intentions like are right. Experimental surgery. Yeah. It falls into, like, a shadowy ground. Yeah, it? so what it was was, like, the. I think it's because, like, the people were ill and this was one way that could have saved them. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, a line between, like, doing something really radical if you're gonna die anyway mm-hmm. and doing something completely Elective experimental surgery, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that actually and and actually as it turned out a lot of the patients that um had the surgery didn't need it mm-hmm. um and like yeah so like they would have they didn't you know like they they had a problem but they didn't it wasn't life or death you know mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. he made it out to sound like life or death um so uh yeah so what happened was um they what they did say was they couldn't bring a criminal case against him but um he'd the attorney general's office office announced in october 2017 that he'd been negligent in four of the five cases investigated and there were hmm, i need to look up up how many there were in total and there was maybe like nine or 12 <laughs> those are two separate numbers <laughs> uh, but there were quite a few you know he ended up doing the surgery quite a few times mm-hmm. and all except two people died and two people are still alive right, tell me his name again um hmm. it is if i give you his last name paolo Ma- macchiarini okay i think you should be able to find him from that um yeah so um, yeah, so basically, I think people are going to sue him. Essentially, the families are probably going to sue him. Um, are they going to try and sue him? There was w- another weird thing. Was like it actually turned out that he was like not just a bit of a liar in those cases. Oh, like a liar in those cases. He was just like a con man, mm. kind of. Um, and uh, they called him. Uh, there's an article in Vanity Fair where they they kind of painted him as like a a, a serial fabulist, mm-hmm. um, which sounds quite nice actually. Mm. 
fabulous. I don't think it's fabulous is what they think it is. I don't know. Um, like a, an extreme form of a con man. Uh, maybe, yeah. but... Um, yeah, and he had an affair with a journalist who wrote loads of good stuff about him. So oh. everything just like kind of all snowballed together. Um, what happened was people who worked with him also got found um, or like were um, investigated for scientific misconduct. So he brought down the people around him as well. Um, they The people, because they didn't report the complications and the failures immediately. Mm-hmm. Um and it kind of just basically essentially turns out that um, uh, he hadn't done any of the background stuff that you've got to do. So, like, you suppose you can't go from, like, oh, I've got an idea to let's put it in a patient. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you've got to do, like, animal tests mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And it, but because he'd gained so much of a reputation for himself, people just, like, took his word for it when he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I know what I'm doing. They were like, oh. Oh, all right. Yeah, it seems fair. Seems, you seem pretty honest. Um, turns out he was not honest. So, yeah. So I can't remember how many patients there were, but um, yeah, all except two died. And this was like in like less than ten years. Yeah, less than ten years ago, which is yeah. crazy. Um, yes. So yeah, that is it. I thought there might be more that I can add to that, but maybe it was. As long um, and lots of people died. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I got most of that from a story in the BBC. I think a few places have done it, mm-hmm. but most of that was from the BBC, um, who wrote a really good long read. And it's rare that I actually will read a full article. <laughs> and I read that from start to finish. That's probably something you should not say as mm-hmm. a journalist. I don't know, because I actually... So you, we publish, you read all of that. Well, I have to for yeah. work. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that is true. Um if it's if it's very well written, I'll read a full thing. But mm-hmm. I'm not. I won't read any old shite on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, so, this is the rise and fall of a... Hang on. The rise and fall and the rise and fall... Of, it might be the rise and fall of the rise and fall of a Hollywood director. You did say of the of, first yeah. time, yeah. Of makes more sense. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just them going up and down and up and down. Yeah. Although that might make more sense. Think Please about it. Please stop you hitting my brain. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, in 19 let's see oh the lights have gone off oh the lights have gone off never mind well it's just cosy we'll leave it like this prefer it than flickering on and off in 1994 New Line Cinema um, they're a hot young youngish at that point production company they've not Mm. done a lot of films when was that 1994 1994 yeah okay yeah so like they've done like now they've done like Lord of the Rings they're massive now but anyway they were quite independent back then okay um and they were looking to do an adaptation of H.G. Wells' The Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, if, you, if, if none of you are familiar with the story, Not basically um, a guy washes up on this island, this fancy island, and um, like he, there's this doctor there called Dr. Moreau, and he's got an assistant whose name I can't remember. Um, and it turns out like he's a vivisectionist, um, oh. and he's like capturing animals and um, performing operations on them to give them 
human structure like stretching their muscles Ooh. and like breeding them together that guy thought of all sorts of yeah things. and like it, the, the like the story goes that like basically some of the animals escape and like form their own society like huh. and there's this structure and this guy's like running loose on the island and he's terrified of dr moreau and whatever his assistants called it's really really good it's actually oh, it quite short quite it's yeah. well worth reading because it's quite creepy um and there's been a few films of it, and there's been a few like adaptations of it. No, it's like this, this is what Simpsons one, where they go to the island and Homer like, becomes like a walrus person. Oh, like, that kind of rings about. It's kind of like yeah. a very yeah. early, like almost like a genetic engineering story. Yeah. Um. So anyway, nineteen ninety four, they're looking to make a film of it. Um. And they've tapped Marlon Brando to star in it as um, Doctor Moreau. Um. And there's a young South African director called Richard Stanley who is due to direct um and he's only produced like two independent films and one was like a kind of a terminator style sci-fi well, i can't remember what that's called and the other one's called dust devil and it's like a a cult um desert drama mm. um but he's seen as like quite avant-garde and like oh yeah he's the man to tell this weird sci-fi tale Wait, who? richard stanley okay. um so anyway yeah and he's really on board with it like he's really excited to do it um but he's kind of got to prove his worth because there's quite a lot of money attached to this it's like 40 million which is quite a lot i find that really weird actually in films sometimes that they do that that they find somebody who's done quite a good independent film this is 40 million dollars like, yeah yeah. Like, yeah um but roman uh roman polanski he decides that he really really wants to work with Marlon brando mm. so they fire richard stanley off the project um however he's already on his way to la to meet marlon brando because he realizes if i can get if he can get on brando's side um then he like he gets immunity from the company for, uh, from the studio because it's marlon brando like he's got like yeah massive he, if he's like power. oh i like this director and yeah. work with him then yeah um so he does get there and eventually like brando does really like him partly because they connect over um is it apocalypse now brando's in where he plays a colonel and that's based on a real person but this person was like the granddad so yeah he plays a character in apocalypse now and apocalypse now is based on the heart of darkness which is a novel that's based on the real adventures of a real person and that's richard stanley's granddad Whoa, so yeah happens? so like they connect over this character nepotism. but yeah and a bit of nepotism <laughs> but the other thing is is um richard stanley worrying that you know he's not got the fates on his side hired a warlock in London called Skip Skip the Warlock to uh, Classic Warlock name. Yeah, it's like cast a spell to like help him along because Skip had like previously cast a spell for like this investment banker who'd won like a got a million dollars out of this investment. So he's like, Oh yeah, like you know like go on, it, well, it, it can't well. it can't hurt. Yeah. Can How much it? does it cost to get a warlock to cast a spell? I think he's mates with him, so like <sighs> I think it said that it costs Skip some blood. But you oh, know, yeah. I would give up blood off on the off chance I might get some out. To make it. a big movie, yeah. yeah. Um, and it worked. Him, yeah. like Brando, loves Richard Stanley and is like, yeah, I'll only work with this guy. Get rid of Polanski. Um, and yeah, New Line Cinema was like, fine, yeah, wicked. Um, right, let's do this then. But you've got to get another big star to be like um, oh, the ma- the guy the guy the who washes guy, up on the yeah. island, yeah. Um, so they send Richard Stanley to Japan to get Val Kilmer, who's currently uh, okay. advertising Batman Forever. Okay. Um, and he is a real dickhead. This is where things start to go. What Val Kilmer? Val is. Kilmer is yeah. yeah. Start to go quite difficult for Richard Stanley because 
um, like he shows him the production schedule and he's like, yeah, 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 I want that to be 60% less. I want to do 60% less work than you've asked me to do. Um, what the fuck? No, yeah. Val, you dick. But, um, oh, so originally Bruce Willis, as in Bruce Willis, was uh, originally going to be the lead, but Bruce Willis had to pull out. Uh, there you go, I've yes, said it now. Um, yes. So, yeah, then he had to go to, Bruce, uh, to Val Kilmer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he just had to go along with it because he just needed to get this film rolling because everything was already starting to like fall behind and there'd been so many fuck-ups already. Mm. Um, so they started filming on this island, um, like on the coast of Australia, like this kind of like deserted island, which is like perfect for the setting. Um, but he gets Brando, he gets, sorry, he gets Val Kilmer out and Val Kilmer is very difficult to work with. Like yeah, he's been an absolute knobhead. Um, at which point, uh, Marlon Brando's daughter dies so Brando is delayed coming out for obvious reasons mm. um, and Richard Stanley just has to deal with this Val Kilmer who's just an absolute knob who like in some scenes like won't even um, stand up like refuses to stand up to oh, be filmed God. there's like stories of him like putting a cigarette out on somebody <gasps> like on an extra while they're trying to do the oh scene or something God. yeah he I just, never knew he was that bad like yeah. I, I heard he was an asshole but I never apparently he's just an absolute dick um and then he wants to switch roles. He's like, oh, this role's too intensive. I want to be, like, Dr. Moreau's assistant. Um, and then they sort that out. So at the last minute, like, the guy who's Dr. Moreau's assistant, like, gets off the film and leaves, and then they get David Thewlis in. So, oh, yeah. yeah. He's good. good yeah. yeah, and he's just like, I'll just fucking do it, man. Like, just yeah. let's just get I through this. Jobbing actor. He yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. Um, but then the magic... Like the actual magic appears to start backfiring. Uh-huh. The island that they're on is ravaged with endless storms. Shit. Um, Skip the wizard. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, uh, the gets a yeah. The warlock gets a bone disease, <gasps> and is rushed into hospital in London, which turns into a flesh-eating virus. Uh, Do you reckon that's from drinking all that blood? From mucking around with his fucking blood, yeah, yeah. probably. Um, Richard Stanley's house. Uh, sorry, his mum's house, because I think his mum lives in South Africa. Although. Sometimes it says that he's from London. It could be either. It could be one of the, you know, what those white people. Yeah, like, he is very white. I mean, yeah. he's fucking. Oh, I knew a witch, he was going to be so white. He's very like, white. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, his mother's house is struck with, by lightning three times in a row, and neighbors report what? seeing spectral hyenas, like, surrounding her house. What? Yeah. The- Fuck. Um, you messing around with the occult, man. You know. Yeah, that good. warlock. I think I either didn't know what he was doing or did he's, a number on him. I mean, his name's Skip. Can you trust be- a man called well, Skip? True. To, yeah. to for all your sorcery yeah. needs. <laughs> um, did he even wear like long warlock robes? I mean, or, maybe. Yeah, Who know, knows? Um, yeah. So yeah, basically, it just continues to get worse and worse, and things aren't filmed, and it's becoming quite like quite clear that richard stanley coming from an indie background doesn't know how to deal with these big hollywood stars yeah. and appears to be wasting the budget and the, they spent so much money on the budget like there are the like you can see the costumes online they do all like these um like mutanimal like oh. half human half animal hybrids they're all great practical effects that it's 1994 yeah and there's so much money spent on these and like loads of extras put into all these different costumes every day and he's got this really like avant-garde storyboards that you can see that like make it look absolutely fascinating but he's just not getting it together and he spends quite a lot of time in like the director's like house not on not on set because he just can't Uh, deal with all this pressure Um, oh i kind of i do feel sorry for him like in a way so 
I mean, you kind of bit off more than you can chew. It's like you are actually really successful still. Yeah. Um, so eventually he's just fired off the film. New Line Cinema yeah, is like, no, let's enough, yeah. take him off the film. And they bring in another director. Let me check what his name is. John Frankenheimer. Hmm. I mean, that is a real name, so far as I'm aware. I like that it's like a modern version of Frankenstein yeah. on a film mm. that's sort of Frankenstein. Cobbled together. Yeah. Um, so Frankenheimer is like a veteran. Like he's known for just not, if an actor's being all, you know, actorish, he mm. just absolutely bollocks him. He's he's oh, very he's really well known for getting the job done. Excellent. Like Ron Howard now, but Ron Howard's like a cheerier version of this guy. Oh, is Ron Howard known for bollocking people? No, but he's known for like just producing an adequate film, like oh, making sure the it? film yeah. is it's finished and done. it's on budget. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's your boy, Ron. Yeah. Um so anyway, yeah, and because they're worried so there's like loads of stuff here, like there's loads of um barrels of oil and stuff for all the special effects. So they're worried that Stan uh, Richard Stanley might take it bad that he's oh. being booted off unexpectedly so he is escorted to he's escorted to the airport and like by a personal assistant of the producer or whatever and put on a plane um and this guy takes over wow, right. okay. and this guy takes over and he starts to kind of tries to whip things into shape um but it's just fucking rock hard brando's showed up at this point oh, okay. but he's lost his fucking mind right yeah i guess um, he, he's probably in bits yeah so, i mean yeah. He, he was already difficult and crazy anyway yeah. and he's just lost his daughter so like some of the things that he he starts to recommend is that his character should always be covered in like elaborate face makeup all the time mm. um there should be a miniature version of him they found like an actor who at the time was like the world's smallest man he was like a, a superstar like india or something um he was like cast as like one of the like, the animal people um and he this brando just becomes is in a mode of him and demands in every single scene that guy should be wearing the same outfit as him and should be in every single scene <laughs> like mini me kind of love it yeah it's crazy so he, he says man in that randomly dr moreau should have buckets of ice on his head um and the biggest change that he suggested didn't get into the script was that at the end he should take off his hat to reveal that he was being a dolphin all along <laughs> <laughs> that oh doesn't make it. Oh, yeah. What would he have under Great the hat, movie. though? For the uh, like a blowhole. A, yeah, <laughs> on I don't the top know of his that's, head. That's but not the rest quite of dramatic him enough. Just looks human. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like he's wearing a mask. Maybe a fin and a blowhole. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. But <laughs> so one of the things is um, because there were so many script changes every day. Mm. Um, sometimes they weren't filming for like weeks at a time, oh, but all shit. the extras would have to get into full makeup and costume oh, so that all these animal people would be walking around with nothing to do. Yeah. When they did film, Brando couldn't be asked to learn his lines, so they radio mic'd it in into his little oh, hat. Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. Can't be asked to learn his lines. Um, but Fuck you, Johnny Depp. <laughs> because of where it was, it's quite a small location, sometimes the radio mic would um, be interfered by police broadcasts. <gasps> In no. David Thule says he recall he recalls a time when he's having this conversation with Doctor Moreau, and out of nowhere, Doctor Moreau says the Woolworths is being robbed. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! So, oh my god! Richard Stanley, meanwhile, he's planned lands in LAX. He's been sent back to LA. Mm. He is not on the plane. What? Yeah, what exactly? He is missing. No one knows where Richard Stanley is at this point. Um. Frankenheimer continues working on the film. Um, he says of Val Kilmer, who continues to be an utter cock, um, he says that he wouldn't even cast Val Kilmer in the film adaptation of The Life of Val Kilmer, oh, <laughs> which shit. is a pretty yeah. fucking harsh yeah. read. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's just getting like wild and feral out there because people aren't filming for days. And all, all the actors 
who are dressed up as animals just hang around all day and they quite they just fucking drink and party and take loads of drugs on this yeah. island because you would be bored too. like I, I remember being an extra when i was a teenager and it was so boring yeah but in the end like when people were like when they were like do you want some more extra work i was like actually no it's yeah. just too boring. and they're just so uncomfortable because they've been an hour's worth of makeup that they don't yeah. bother taking it off in case they get called back yeah um, yeah, because you can't just they can't just on the spur of the moment be like right in in an hour we're gonna put your hyena head on yeah, yeah because it's like it takes three hours to put the makeup um, on so they just start like drinking and partying and it's going a bit like I mean spoilers like for the, the end of Doctor Moreau the right. animals the animal people um, like start to revolt and like start to destroy <sighs> the island um, oh my God. and it's going to a bit like that so anyway some of the extras are just like buzzing around in yeah. the outback one day and they find Richard Stanley. He what, never on the island. He never went on the plane, and he just went into the Australian outback on this island. and was just living there, um, just like washing in rivers and like eating um, like like Fish plantain and, and just bit yeah oh, fruits yeah. that he was finding. And he was super high. He had loads and loads of drugs. Oh, I was gonna yeah. say um, like, uh, otherwise. What? But like they were quite close, and like they liked him. They mm. don't like this new guy. He's like a real ball buster. Um, so they steal him a costume, <gasps> one of the animal men costumes. And he puts it on, like, full makeup and everything, and goes back into the film and is filmed in... The former director of the film is filmed now as an extra, as one of the animal men that he's become. Uh, In particular, he's in the scenes where um, the final act of the film, where the the animals revolt and destroy the sets and, like, blow shit up. And he's one of the dogmen blowing up his own creation at the end in, like, this beautiful kind of... Poetic cinema. yeah, Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so anyway, yeah, the, like he never gets found out until yeah. much, much later. Um, the film comes out and it's f- fucking. Oh, it's, yeah, it, it came it's, out. It come out. Yeah, it's an absolute fucking flop. Have you it, seen it? Uh, I've seen parts of it because uh. Uh, all of this is is in a very, very good documentary called Lost Souls: The Island of Richard Stanley's The Island of Doctor Moreau, uh. and it's absolutely fascinating. Uh, and it kind of got everyone kind of like interested in like this this massive Hollywood fuck up. New Line Cinema almost went bankrupt, but then they also made Seven, which oh, okay. is very so very good and fine. made lots yeah. of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then kind of what's weird is so like Richard Stanley just retired from filmmaking, well from Hollywood filmmaking after mm. that, and just makes like weird documentaries about the occult and stuff. Oh, right. I've tried to watch one of them, but it was in German. I couldn't couldn't get through mm. it. Yeah, yeah, about warlocks and skipping that. Um, but he started like reworking on his original script and then he produced like he's producing it as a graphic novel and then the weird thing how things come round um a hollywood studio has optioned the graphic novel to be made into a film so richard stanley's the island of dr moreau may one day still be made so his version of that film yeah could still be ma- could still be made as a movie they should make a film about that all that ha- that yeah. entire story. But they made a documentary about it. Yeah, well, they should make yeah. a, a movie of that documentary. Yeah. I'd be very surprised if his documentary doesn't have at least some of that in it. Because yeah. and I've read a bit like how we would change it. Now it's more about corporations and these animals and our copyrighted thing. Like um, honestly, it's worth watching the documentary because it's it's like one of those things. You're like, wow, this would have been really out there. Yeah. Um, but it's just but a it complete just failure and collapsed yeah. and. So what's it? What's the documentary called again? Uh, Lost Souls, Richard Stanley's The Island of Dr. Moreau. Okay. Um, Is it, what did you watch it on? Netflix. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, oh, it's really good, yeah. Okay, great. And he's a very interesting chap, and he looks exactly as you imagine him, mm-hmm. like as a wizard. Mm. Yeah. 
That's a good one there. The rise and God, fall of the rise and fall. That's a really good story. Yeah, yeah sorry about that's that. two good ones, I think. Well, yeah. This is one of my favourite episodes already. That's a good one. Long Unless one. something bad's going to happen. And then well, I was um, doing research. Mm-hmm. I, I realised Feruza Bulk is one of the cast members. Yeah, Feruza Bulk's in it, yeah. The Who's island that? of Dr. Moreau. Um, she was Marvel, Dorothy in Return to Oz, and she's just in like weird yeah. movies like oh. The Craft. And yeah, like, she's in The Craft. Uh, um, Almost Famous. Almost Famous. The Water Boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, shitty. she's a little interest in the water boy. She's just, she's in. Yeah. There are three very different films that are like quite a widespread, and you've not seen but any of them. They're all fucking mm. weird. Yeah, she's I've seen Return to Us, but I don't remember it well enough. Mm. I just remember as a kid film. like freaking the fuck out about that woman who could change heads. Mombi, Princess yeah. Mombi. Honestly, <laughs> like. Like it not gave the me wheelers. Do you remember nightmares. the wheelers? Yeah, I do. Yeah, they were also freaky, yeah. but the heads was the thing that fucked with Love me. Love that film. Yeah, yeah, so good. Uh, um, should we have some corrections? Yeah, fucking hell, Rick, you gave me loads. You were just oh like, shit, sorry. Every I was quite every warm in trying to get through it. You were just like rattling off a fact that I didn't know if it was a fact or not. Um, so starting with you, I yes. counted twelve notable Macchiarini. Yeah. Cases. That'll be yeah. So, but that was not notable, so it could okay. be more. I suppose. He might have done yeah. like he like, yeah. he did other transplants. So he did like um I don't know organs that he'd grown that went the tra- the transplants yeah. were fine. Oh. So I think yeah, I think it was twelve and two people. Yes, um, were still alive. Uh, a fabulist is a person who composes or relates fables. So a liar. Oh, okay, yeah, it's probably oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially one who invents elaborately dishonest stories. So that seems fair. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Rick, Doctor Moreau's assistant was called Montgomery. Montgomery, that's mm, it. Yeah, yeah Valcom mm. wanted to play Montgomery because he said it was the easier yeah. part. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the 1990 sci-fi horror that was the first film written and directed by Richard Stanley is called Hardware. That's it. Yeah, it's a bit more boring than mm. I was hoping for. And then Dust Devil followed that, and he did a long-form music video apparently for Marillion's song Brave, also before the Island of Doctor Moreau. Very Whoa. impressive filmography. Mm-hmm. Um, Marlon Brando plays Colonel Kurt who was modelled on That's British it. Explorer and Richard Stanley's ancestor Henry Morton Stanley in Apocalypse there Now okay. and Richard Stanley was born in South Africa but yeah his ancestry is obviously British yeah, mm. there we go interesting mm. that's some good corrections as well yeah um, cool uh, oh so uh, we're going to do a Halloween episode mm-hmm. oh, send yeah. us your spooky crazy stories uh, about yourself spooky goings on that have happened to you is fine or spooky stories that you like that are true they're near, mm. or that are nearby they happen close nearby, to you yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah happen to you next door neighbour mm. mm. but not two doors down that's too far away yep and you can't trust them two doors down that's <laughs> it <laughs> um what uh, what oh yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a crazy story no no do that I'll do that again crazy story at the overtake.com that is our email address to send the stories to mm-hmm. um, or corrections if you have any corrections yeah. yeah we never get people send us corrections Val Kilmer wants to argue that he wasn't a dickhead on the film with that film you're more than <laughs> welcome to get yeah. in touch Brian he might have his own alternative perspective I actually quite like Val Kilmer yeah. Yeah. Mm. he's the best Batman I'll yeah. die on that hill yeah, he's Batman I mean, he's just I'm surprised you. I wasn't trolling then. When I said the man's about Hollywood, you're like, "What's a Hollywood?" (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
thanks to producer Jada, who does all the social media mm-hmm. and the editing and most of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, she, oh, the Instagram is at Here's a Crazy Story. It would be good to follow us because she puts a lot of effort into it, um, yeah. and it looks really good. And we don't we don't have anywhere near as many followers on Instagram as we do listeners. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. know you're not d- doing it. Unless, do it. Unless do we it have right got, now. Just wait. Uh, yeah. That's all I need to say, yeah. We'll wait. Have you done it? Wait for me. Do That's done it. Done it. Good, good, good. I don't think, I think that was too soon. Oh, man, it takes like a second. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, I'm really hot and hungry. Aww. I want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's leave. Uh, anything else before we go? Oh, uh, uh, Patreon, our steady. Um, the over- no. Ugh. Just go to our the our supporters page or wherever I've got on the website. Oh, I'll I'll put some links somewhere for you to find. You'll figure it out. You'll figure <laughs> please, it out. Please do find them and help us with money because we're skint. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So. Informal goodbye. Farewell. I'm going to say Queefus of a Linda again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>